You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. In the middle of the fourth chapter of Rosh Hashanah, we learnt about the three extra parts of the Musaf Amida, of the silent prayer, the silent additional prayer on Rosh Hashanah, the Zichronot, Malchuyot and Shofarot, the remembrance verses, the kingship verses and the Shofar verses. And the Mishnah is going to carry on talking now about the relationship between these verses and the Shofar blowing itself. And we'll see, by the way, that the essential shofar blowing, at least in the eyes of the Mishnah, is the seems to be the, the shofar blowing during the Musaf Amida, during the silent prayer of Musaf, or maybe during the repetition of Musaf. It's not quite clear. But the Mishnah begins anyway. If the person who passes before the ark, this means the Shaliyat Sibur, or if one person passes before the ark on the festival of Rosh Hashanah, Hasheni Matkia, the second one blows the shofar. And this is completely incomprehensible. What are we, I mean, what is the first one and what is the second one? And makes you realize, by the way, that you, you know, how much we rely on Maimonides, because you, you couldn't, and for that matter, on the Gemara, you just could not understand this Mishnah without the commentators. But Maimonides explains that this was enacted at a time of persecution. And there were guards over the person actually reading the Shacharit prayer. So the Shaliach Tzibur for Shacharit. And this must be um, the person passing before the Ark on Rosh Hashanah. This must be the person, the Shaliach Tzibur for Shacharit. So the Rambam says there were guards over him so that he should not sound the Shofar. Sounds a bit like the 1940s in the Western Wall when you'd be arrested. In the time of the mandate, you could be arrested if you sounded a shofar at the Western Wall. And there were kids who kind of sneaked in with a shofar hidden under in their clothes and would just blow it and then get arrested. So there were guards making sure that he wouldn't sound the shofar. But then after the Amida was completed, the guards would lead, leave. And therefore, the person who leads the Musaf prayer, the Shaliach Tzibur for Musaf, blows the shofar. That's how the Rambam interprets this. Hasheni Matkia, the second one blows a shofar. The second one is the Shaliyat Sibur from Musaf. So, and today, by the way, we have one person to blow and one person to recite the prayers. But the point is that they happen at the same time and they happen during Musaf. And the Mishnah goes on to mention, by the way, Ubi Shata Hahalel Harishon Hahalel. And at the time of Halal, this is not, by the way, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So this is on a, on a regular festival. Rishon Makret Halal, the first one recites Halal. This is the person who recites Shacharit. In other words, the Baal Tefillah of Shacharit on a regular festival recites Halal. The Baal Tefillah of Musaf on Rosh Hashanah blows the Shofar. How does it work? Well, the Mishnah is going to explain. Shofar, Rosh Hashanah, the Shofar, Rosh Hashanah. Ah, well, sorry, before we explain how it's going to work, 
we're just going to put down some restrictions. So the Shofar Rosh Hashanah, Ein Mavirin Alavit Atchum, Ve'ein Ein Fakhin Alavit Agal, Lo Olin Ba'ilan, Ve'lo Rochvin Alakibay Ha'bema, Ve'lo Shatin Alpanei Ha'mayim, Ve'ein Hotchin Oto, Be'ein Ba'davar Shehu Mishum Shfut, Ve'ein Davar Shehu Mishum Lo Ta'aseh. The show, this Shofar Rosh Hashanah, we don't break Shabbat for it. So we don't go past the Shabbat border. We don't clear away a pile of rocks. We don't climb a tree. We don't ride on an animal. We don't swim. We don't basically do any of the things which are forbidden on Shabbat. We don't cuss it, either with an instrument which is forbidden because of shvut. So that would be an instrument, I guess, that we don't wouldn't normally pick up on Rosh Hashanah. Or an instrument that's forbidden because of lotase. I'm, uh, an instrument that's really genuinely forbidden to use on Rosh Hashanah. I think that might be something like an axe, something which can only be used for a forbidden for a for a bit of forbidden act. But I'm not sure there. Avali Mratsali mine or Yain But if he wants to pour wine or water into it, he may do so. So in other words, you can perform an act if it sounds better wet. You can perform an act that will just help it sound a bit better wet. But we won't break Shabbat to blow the shofar. And of course, now you can see why we don't blow the shofar on when Rosh Hashanah falls on Shabbat. Because we don't want people to do any of these things. We don't prevent children from blowing the shofar. This is on Rosh Hashanah, by the way. So if a child is blowing on Rosh Hashanah, we, don't, we know we don't stop them. We practice with them until they learn how. This is really fascinating. On Rosh Hashanah, if a child wants to play with a shofar, you practice with them, you teach them, because we want them, we want them to learn. Education is important. Of course, we learned the We've learned already the question of intention. You have, we have to have the intention to fulfill the mitzvah. Remember, the Mishnah said that if you just happen to be living behind the shul and you hear the shofar, you haven't fulfilled your the mitzvah unless you intend to hear it. And the Mishnah said, look, two people have both physically heard it, but you know, one fulfills the mitzvah and one doesn't, if one intends to and the other doesn't. And if someone intends to practice, they don't intend to fulfill the mitzvah. So the Mishnah then concludes, Hamita sek lo someone who's just practicing, hasn't fulfilled. Someone who hears from someone who's just practicing, hasn't fulfilled their obligation. Because you need to hear from someone who has the intention to fulfill, well, his obligation and yours. So then back to the back to the shofar blowing. Well, what are the how do we blow on Rosh Hashanah? Seda to Kiot Shalosh Shel Shalosh. So there are three blasts of three each. And this is really interesting because we've got a tradition of blowing a hundred blasts on Rosh Hashanah, but Mishnah is basically saying, look, you can get away with nine. You can get away with nine blasts. Why three and three? Well, the Bartonura says these three sets actually correspond to the Malchuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot. This is why we can see they're connected to the Musaf Amida. And we learnt, by the way, in the previous Mishnayot, they're blown during the Amida. So there's one set of three. There's one set of three 
for Malchiot, one set of three for Shofarot, one set of three for Zichronot. That's how it works. Shiur Tkiak Shalostrot. And the, the Tkia, we have a Terur in the middle and it's surrounded by two, two Tkias. A Tkia is like three Truot. And the amount of a trua, shir ha trua kshalosh yivavot. The length of a trua is three yivavot. And a yivava is some kind of sigh. The Gemara relates it, we said, to the mother of um, Sisera. It's some kind of sigh, some kind of wail. She's crying because her rapist son hasn't come back. And we kind of think about the fact that look, every, boy, every boy, even if he's a rapist and a murderer, has a mother who cares about him. If someone sounded the first takia, that is the takia before the trua, and then he prolonged the second one. So we've got takia, terua, takia. He blows a really long takia. He blows it double. It seems to run into the next one effectively. And the Mishnah says, Ein He's only got one. In other words, however long you blow a note, it's just one note. And that's why, by the way, you hear the shofar blow. He makes a break. He goes, tkia, trua, tkia, and then he makes a little break before the next tkia, and then trua and tkia. This is clearly someone who hasn't had the opportunity to hear shofar. Someone who's Berach, who's blessed. This must be to say the Musaf Amida. And afterwards, he finds a shofar, or somehow he comes upon a shofar. Tokea umeria vetokea shalosh pamim. He sounds nine times. He does a tokea and a trua and a tokea three times. So again, we're learning that you only need nine blasts to fulfill your obligation. And then, oh, you may ask, by the way, why do we need so many so many blasts? Well, I think the, the quick answer is we don't really we know we need to blow tekiah teruah tekiah, but we don't know really what the teruah sounds like. Is it like a shivarim or like a teruah or maybe like a shivarim teruah together? So the reason we triple it up is we know we got to blow three teruahs, but we don't quite know what you have to do to blow a teruah. So we try three different ways. Anyway. Just as the Shaliyah Tzibur is obligated, every single individual is obligated. In other words, we all have to recite Shmonesre, even if we hear it from the Shaliyah Tzibur. And this is the point at which the Mishnah will conclude. We've been dancing around the question of intention right the way through this Masachet. We had the brass serpent. We had Moshe and holding his hands up while Joshua was waging war against the Amalekites. We've had the tension between halachic reality and physical reality. The question of, in, you know, the intention of the Bet Din to sanctify the new moon. The question of intention runs right the way through this Masechet. And we're going to close on the question of obligation intention Everybody needs to recite Shmonas Rei for themselves. They can't rely on the Shaliyat Sibur. And you know what? Rabban Gamliel is going to disagree. 
רמב"ן גמליאל אומר שליח ציבור מוציא את הרבים ידי חובתם. רמב"ן גמליאל says no 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 I don't agree the שליח ציבור enables the whole congregation to fulfill their obligation in other words you can fulfill your obligation to pray by listening to the שליח ציבור and the Gemara doesn't quite know what to do with this. It seems to know the halacha goes according to the Mishnah, but it, it can't ignore Rabban Gamliel. And the, um, the Rambam actually puts it very nicely for us. The halacha k'Rabban Gamliel b'tfilash Rosh Hashanah v'shayom Kippurim bilvad. The halacha is according to Rabban Gamliel only, only on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Because of the length of the prayers on those two days. So somehow on those two days, you can rely on the Shaliyat Sibur, but for the rest of the year, you cannot. For the rest of the year, you need to recite the Tefillah. That is the conclusion of the tractate of Rosh Hashanah. Hadran Alach Masachet Rosh Hashanah. We will return to you, tractate Rosh Hashanah. Vehadrach alan, and you will return to us. Da'atan alach masachet roshana ve da'atach alan. Our mind is on you, tractate roshana, and your mind is on us. Lo nit neshei minach masachet roshana. We will not forget you, masachet roshana. We cannot forget you. Velo tit neshei minach, and you will not forget us. Lo ba'almahadein velo. Not in this world and not in the next world. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.